Welcome to the soon-to-be award-winning Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Tuesday, February 15th, day 2022. Coming right up, it's the Book of Psalms, chapter 46-47. Don't you dare miss it. The Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. This Bible teaching podcast is only possible with your donations. Give it up for God and your whole human family at companionchapel.com. How are you blessing others with the blessings God has given you? This podcast depends on God's provisions through you. Please contact me at companionchapel at gmail.com with your questions or comments. Companion Chapel is located at number 338, side road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Now please turn with me in your Bibles too. Psalms chapter 46. This is about the deliverer, the help of a deliverer. Now remember, all God's prophecies occur and develop in partial and preliminary happenings before they become fulfilled and permanent. These aren't just Bible stories here. These things happen for a reason. Like God just didn't say, well, I'm just going to put some filler material in here. I'm just going to put some story in here, some uh, byword or something like that. No, this is for us in the here and now. God's word was is and always will be. And so his prophecies, as he's completing the circuit, his prophecies will come to pass and become fulfilled and permanent. These are for lessons for us. Now this has to do with, uh, this dates back to around Hezekiah, but it also, it looks forward to the victorious campaign of God's plots, plans, and purposes when they come to fulfillment. Verse 1 of Psalms 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. There's never been more turmoil, troubles, conflicts, hatred, division, chaos that's encompassed the entire planet than in the here and now. And he's a very present help. That means in the here and now. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. This removed is like moved. Okay, so what's being said here, when we translate within the Bible, we're not talking about Mount Everest or the Rocky Mountains. We're talking about nations here. And in the midst of the sea, this is all your glossary chapters in the Bible, including Revelation chapter 17, the sea of people. The waters are the people's tongues, kindreds, nations. Okay, there's a lot of troubles and conflicts and chaos going on right now. And it's instigated by the adversary himself, the schoolmaster of the world, the treasurer of the world, and the great mouthpiece of the global media of deception, Satan himself. Mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. There's a lot of earth-shaking events going on in the midst of the sea of people. A lot of nations in the midst of the sea of people that are being shooken right now. And God's trying to get your attention. And he allows, he says, I'm not going to... God will not violate the principles of free will. If you think you can govern yourselves outside of God's word, then God says, go for it. I will, but you cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. Look at planet Earth today. We are the one-third that fell. We are the one-third. We are the sinners. And God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Where's the other two-thirds? Well, they're up there in their spiritual bodies. We're stuck here in these flesh bodies for a very short period, but there's a lot hinging on this. Your thoughts, your intents, your actions, where your heart is, your religious convictions, and who you worship or what you worship. We're going to talk more about the mark of the beast today, but let's just get through this. Verse 3, 
though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. That's the peoples. They're roaring. There's a lot of trouble on planet Earth right now. There's no peace on planet Earth, except within the Christian people who have the Prince of Peace as their schoolmaster, as their teacher, their rabbi, their wonderful counselor. You can get start to taste that inner peace, to experience it. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Yeah, there's a lot of movement going on in the nations today. A lot of military movement, a lot of propaganda and social engineering, and money is being accumulated by certain people on planet Earth. This upper echelon of uh, Satan's lieutenants, it's in the book of Revelation, it's called kings, the ten kings with no dominion. Who would they be? Well, they'd be the richest people on the planet, obviously. What are they doing? God is in the midst of her. No, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. What are we talking about? Well, we could go as this gets fulfilled in Revelation chapter 22. But when it's partial and preliminary, we're talking about that river that ran under Mount Zion that Hezekiah had excavated out. A constantly flowing water supply. Even when the outside world was cut off from them because there was a siege going on here by Sennacherib. And he was coming after Jerusalem. And that happened then. And it will happen in fulfillment later. But we know we have the victory. What happened back then? Well, all God's purposes are to show us what happened was when you fall away from God and you think you know better, then enter Satan. Satan is all-encompassing of life. Uh, that's what he's the prince of the air. As soon as you wander away from God, God will never leave you or forsake you. People leave or forsake God from the kitchen table to the world stage. They do it all the time. Then you turn around and blame God. That's double jeopardy. When things go wrong, you turn around and blame God. Revelation 22, we're talking about the pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Okay, well... Compare this to Ezekiel 47, where the river proceeds from the house associated with the altar, here from the throne. Because this is ultimately, after great white throne judgment, our eternal temple. We have a millennium temple we still have to work to get to. And back here, Hezekiah, or the psalmist, is talking about Hezekiah's temple and how this relates to the eternal temple. Of course, this one fell apart. God's won't. The Millennium Temple won't. But it's just how to relate it. How you can see that this is prophecy, not Bible stories, is what I'm trying to convey here. Okay, the river of the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. Because Jesus Christ said, you know what, I'll feed you with the bread of life and quench your thirst with the living waters. So you will never hunger or thirst after the ways or things of the world ever again. You're not tempted. That's why you skip over the hour of temptation because it's not tempting to you. Don't be part of the upgrade culture. Don't be part of progress, profit, consumerism, materialism. That's greed, gluttony. God allowed us this planet for this very short time. It would have given us everything we need, but it can't fulfill everybody's greed. The most holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Okay, that's what, what are we talking about here. God's favorite place is Mount Zion. Remember what it says in the book of Matthew chapter 5, I think. And I might just go there for a second because we're going to identify where we're talking about here. Matthew 5, I'm gonna, we're going to just 
lay it out where we're talking. Um, the, the earth is his footstool. Uh, go to verse uh, 35. Okay, the earth is his footstool. He dwells in the heavens. The earth is his footstool, and Jerusalem's his favorite city. I can't find it, but that's in there somewhere. Five, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. All that right early. That's right. Get in the right early. Get in there. Jesus Christ is the way. He is the light. He is the ministry of salvation. He is the truth. And the truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. God's plans, plots, and purposes to rid us from evil. We're the one that perpetuates it. Satan instigates it. The trademarks of evil, anger, aggression, chaos, conflict, regrets, blames, uncertainties. Remember, God is the God of security, safety, stability. He is your rock, as it's written in the first verse here. Your refuge, your certainty. I've never heard the word uncertainty spoken so much of than in the last couple of years. Uncertainty. Overanalysis of what's going on on planet Earth leads to paralysis. And that's what's happening. What does Satan have? Well, Satan, is, Satan is all about clutter. Satan is all about not being clear. He's not your strength. He's movable. He's constant change. Again, with progress, profit, consumerism, materialism, and constant change. He clutters your minds. Again, like I just said, overanalysis leads to paralysis. What's that? Clutter is the enemy of clarity. And doubt is the currency of clutter. And that's what Satan peddles. He peddles doubt is the only thing that he has to compete with the truth. So we're talking here, God won't, God's not moved. His word is, was, and always will be. It is consistent. And it is God's word is the divine reason resolve of a higher power written in the councils of eternity. It will come to pass. You shall not be moved. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. That's what happens when heathen rage. They get all self-pride and they start doing what they do. Raging around, being angry, arrogant, aggressive, causing division, causing chaos, conflict. The heathen rage. Why do they do that? Because they don't have the truth in their heart. They think they know better. They think mankind can somehow govern themselves. Mankind is a 100% failure rate at governing themselves. 100%. And d don't be fooled what's going on on planet Earth today. You think these armies... Actually, it says it in this one of these two Psalms. I just read it earlier. It's these... Okay, I think it's actually in the next verse. Hang on. Let's just let, let's open the book and let the book speak for itself. I have to be a little bit hushier here. The heathen raged, the kings were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted at the seventh file sealed trump. He's going to clean up planet Earth. We've turned it into a chemical toilet. He's going to clean it up. He is a consuming fire. Everything back to its elemental form is what's going to happen. Uh, the Lord of hosts is with us. Okay? There's a great comforting verse. Verse 1, our refuge, our strength. The uh, Lord of hosts is with us. 
The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. There's a thought link here. That's what Selah means, which will connect the next bunch of verses. But what? The Lord of hosts. Who are, what's the host? The hosts of heaven. The angels. The stars. I always translate within the Bible. It contains its own glossary. And translate outside the Bible and listen to someone's, somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about. If they can't document it in God's word, then it's something, it's man's, man's imagination. These are divine revelations. What mankind has come up with, infinity amount of thoughts, theories, hypotheses, which we're seeing now about just about everything. Mankind just can't help themselves. They just want some kind of recognition. God's word is consistent. It always is, was, and will be. The God of Jacob, well, Jacob is a natural name for the 12 tribes of Israel. And the 12 tribes of Israel were given a great commission. You keep the faith wherever you go. And that's why we see, where did the 10 tribes go? Obviously, they went over the Caucasus Mountains and settled Europe uh, and Canada and the United States. Because there's Bibles everywhere. There's no excuse for somebody not to have a Bible and, and be reading it or engage in it and try and figure it out or find a teacher like myself who will teach you the Bible. And that's why there's churches just about on every, every corner of every town, every downtown that you go to through Canada, United States, and Europe. That's where the 12 tribes went. It doesn't matter what happens in those countries. The Bibles stay. The most, the top-selling book for 2,000 years running, the most printed book in the history of humanity. And the book that collects the most dust in people's houses. The 10 tribes of Israel didn't go to Asia. They didn't go anywhere else, down to Africa. It's our great commission. That's what God always says. This is the natural name of the 12 tribes of Israel. And you know why they're called Ephraim and Manasseh? God knew. Ephraim means double blessed. And Manasseh means forgetful. Ignorantly forgetful. If you put your finger on a globe and you trace up over the Caucasus Mountains, take a left, go west, and you'll see the vouchsafe nations. That's where the 10 tribes of Israel went. Ephraim and Manasseh. Doubly blessed and forgetful. And when you see these documentaries, where did the ten tribes go? You know, yeah, they're lost. No, they're not. God said that they'd be double blessed and forgetful. And he said to Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, he said, listen, you got you, your posterity is going to number like the sands of the sea, like the stars of the sky. You think God just, oh, that didn't pan out. Jesus, wonder what happened here. God's in control. It panned out. Everything written in the Bible has come to, come to pass exactly as it is written. Exactly. A lot of prophecies have yet to be fulfilled and permanent. But when we're talking about the seals, the vials, the trumps, exactly. When we're talking about the prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Ezekiel, exactly. There's still some things that haven't become fulfilled and permanent, obviously. But, hey, we're, we're right on the edge, man. God has almost done his circuit that he talked about in Genesis chapter 1, Psalms 19. And one of the greatest clues, little gem in the Bible, found in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 20. He tells us where he left something so that we can figure out a timeline on the circuit of his, which is coming up very close to the end right now. The heathen rage, okay. Selah, verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations... He hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot 
in the fire. What's being said here? Yeah, all this military might that I was just about to talk about. This military might. China, Russia, the United Nations, America. Like just trillions of dollars of military hardware. They're not going to blow each other up. Don't worry about that. God said in the Bible, no, there's not going to be an end-time apocalyptic mankind war. All these upper echelon people, like behind closed doors, Russia's President Putin, China's Xi Jinping, you know, Biden, all these people, Queen Elizabeth herself, have one plan. They have a plot. They're not going to fight each other. And you can think about this. Try to come to an understanding of both sides of the arguments before you start to come to conclusions. That's what Jesus Christ expects of you. Do not be deceived. They don't want to blow up the world. Oh yeah, they're in a pissing match. Who gets the most land a little bit? Like, of course, Russia's going to take Ukraine. Of course, China's going to take Taiwan. And of course, you know, the global media is going to stage it up like, oh, we're right on the cusp of a nuclear war here. No, they just move their stuff around, their military hardware around. They're not going to blow each other up. God told us, even right here, he will make wars cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bowl, cutteth the spear, burneth the chariot in the fire. Tanks, ships, whatever, planes, God is going to take care of it. At the seventh vial, seventh seal, seventh trump. These people that think they can run the world, they want the world. And how they're viewing us, just the common white trash guy like me, is exploitable, expendable, taking up too much natural resources on planet Earth because we're using all the natural resources. And they want their greedy little lifestyles with less of us polluting the planet and getting in their way. Yeah, they would like to drive down the highway with hardly any traffic. They don't need us, is what's being said. It's not a conspiracy. It's so easy to follow. Start in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. Follow some of these richest people. Follow their train of thought. They don't hide it. Everything's on video somewhere. Everything's been on the TV. Not You won't find it on Facebook. Yap chat or whatever that stupid one is, uh, TikTok, uh, Facebook, you won't find the truth on there. That's all state owned media, state controlled. It's all one world system political, economical, educational, and religious. Does this change what you believe in? He maketh wars to cease. God's in control. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Thought link here because we have 46, 47, 48 are all linked together. We're talking about the help of the deliverer here. God is in control. Don't worry, it says here. Stability, safety. Don't worry about... Get over your flesh body. Don't, don't be scared who can kill your flesh body. It's who can kill your spiritual body. It's a spiritual war. As it's written in the Bible in uh, Ephesians 6.6. 6. This is a war not of flesh and blood. It's a spiritual war. These flesh bodies. Like I, like I talk to people and say, do, do you think, you look up into the sky, that we're the only living people, that we're the only living entities in the universe. Like you can't even comprehend infinity. And they said, no, there's, there's other people living out there. I said, do you think they're in flesh and blood? 
No. They're in a spiritual body. They're in a different form. It's the easiest thing to look up into the sky and know. Not to mention all the stuff that people see and film and airline pilots see. Yeah, there's a lot going on out there. The Bible tells us God's running a circuit. The other two-thirds that didn't fall are up there. They're watching us. God wants his children back. He wants us back. He's going to come back and claim his planet, claim his children. But if you have the trademarks of evil, if you're still devising things within yourself, if you've conceived them, woe to those with child that give suck in those days. That means you've conceived something inside you and you're not letting it go. You think you know better. You think you deserve more. You have an attitude of obscene entitlement, of greed, of gluttony. I'll give you a good example of attitude of the mark of the beast. Going back to Revelation chapter 13. The mark of the beast. The mark of entitlement at the expense of others. As we're coming up on this Passover, the most sacred, holiest day when it comes to Christianity. And then you hear this word Easter being passed around. The word Easter is in no manuscript. It slipped into the King James once. Luke never said or wrote the word Easter in Acts chapter 12. That was slipped in there by some uh, translator dude. It's the word Pascha. It's, it's Passover. The word Passover is in the Bible 79 times. Easter is a lewd, sexual, orgy celebration of fertility. That's what the eggs are for. Fertility symbols. In the spring, that's what the bunnies are for. There's fertility symbol animals. You put a couple bunnies in the cage, come back in a couple months, make sure you feed them. And watch what happens. Quick like a bunny. The bonnets, what they used to do back then. It was the Ashtaroth. That's where you got Easter from. God hates grove worship. He hates sexual, repulsive, morally corrupt people because it always leads to spiritually corrupt, ethically corrupt, socially corrupt. The Asheroth. When you read in the Bible the word grove, and what was the Asheroth? You see them all over the place in Europe, at remnants of them. It's a phallic image sticking up out of the ground that they used to worship. The fertility symbol. And they had it right around the time of Passover. And Christians just say, oh, we're going to have Easter this year. Are you coming for Easter? No. No, I'm not. It's gross. It's terrible. It's an abomination to God. It's one of his most hated things. That's the mark that people take. It's engraven in them. They think, oh, no, it's harmless. It's not harmless. It's what it represents. It represents that you're biblically illiterate, that you signified and signaling to God that you are not sanctified to God because you think you know better. You have the mark of entitlement and it's at the expense of others. Think about the chocolate Easter bunnies. The mark of two million children's handprints browbeaten into forced child labor in the chocolate industry alone. While people with no regard for the <coughs> excuse me. People with no regard for these children will buy more chocolate Easter bunnies for their spoiled entitled kids. The mark of greed and gluttony. As long as it benefits the selfish person, a whoopie do if it's at the expense. It's someone else's expense in the third world. What do you do? Out of sight, out of mind. Labor exploitation. People don't care if they want something. Covetousness and envy. Tr envy. Trump transgression on human rights and Mother Nature's rights. Just think about that. 
Well, let's go on to Psalms chapter 47. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Yeah, signify. Set yourself aside. Let God know. You have to get biblically literate. You can't just shout inanities at him. And the inanities of insanity. You can't just romanticize who you think God's, God is. He is the living word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us. He manifest a little lower than the angels, our Lord Jesus Christ. The darling soul of God himself, his righteous right arm, walked amongst us. Became our teacher, our master, our rabbi, our wonderful counselor, the sacrificial lamb. He was innocent, not guilty. He took the lowest earthly position to defeat death and defeat evil so he could say, Satan, you got nothing on me and neither do any of us. We have nothing on the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't go up and say, oh, you know what, Jesus Christ, you don't know what it was like. Uh, it was really hard down there. Hey, he walked it. He talked it. He defeated death. He's the only one that could have done that. He has nothing to prove to you. God has nothing to prove to you. You have everything to prove to God. You want your life back? Obviously, God doesn't want us to be in these flesh bodies. If you're, if you're a God, yeah, I'm going to put these people in the flesh bodies. So everything, so they get sick and die. And all they feel is heartache. Like everybody they look around at that they love gets sick and die. And everything that they buy and all the stuff that they get just gets old and crappy. And it's, it's, it's a joke about five years after you buy it. Not even. Like, like, what is the point? Why are we even reduced and restricted just to the top of the food chain? It's because God had to have us pass through the matrix once born innocent of woman. We are the one-third that fell. We followed Satan. We gave power to Satan. And you got to get that out of you on an individual basis. Because you will meet your maker. Fate will not negotiate no matter how big of a star you think you are. We are all facing our mortality right now. We are living on borrowed time. This is God's time. He's seen what we do with our minutes, our seconds. What's important? That's what God wants to know. Hey, I sent my Lord Jesus Christ there. You guys want to get all hung up in the ways and things of the world? Well, Peter said, people are barely going to make it in to heaven at the end time. People are so wound up in themselves and worship their time. Yeah, this is my time. I'm going to sit and watch 10 hours in Netflix. I'm going to have, you know... Double fist a couple bags of chips and have them all over me. Let's go for some hot dogs and mustard. Let's eat some pork and let's celebrate Easter. Yeah, it's harmless. God doesn't mind. Well, okay, you take that up with God. That's on your account. It's on your account what you do with your time. He gave us this little teeny weeny book, like 800 pages, barely. Like the book of the Bible I have in my hand uh, uh, is 700 and odd pages. One little book. But people will spend more time in one month. Watching Netflix or having their face glued to some screen. More time in one month doing that than their entire lifetime. Reading this love letter to you. Hey, man, you want out of this? Dude, this isn't how God designed life to be. When he, when he put us through and made flesh bodies and he made them in his image, not his moral image, but made them in his image said, listen, I, I repented I had to do this. That means he sighed in disappointment when you read that. God doesn't repent. He doesn't change. He's consistent. He said, this is the only way to get you people 
to come to terms with what's inside you. You're my children. And if you want to stay rotten, you can't come play back in a place of peace beyond your present comprehension where all your brothers and sisters are. You know, when somebody comes to repentance, all the angels rejoice. You're either in your celestial body or spiritual body or you're terrestrial. Right now, we're passing through the terrestrial part of life. What do I get to live? Maybe 50, 60, well, I passed 50, so 60, 70 years. That's nothing as far as the affairs of time are concerned. Are you going to be all involved in what's in it for me? What can I get? These material things, they're a joke. They're just a joke after. Jesus Christ says, it's a a spiritual war and get ready for it. You're living it. This is strike two. Strike one was the first age when we followed Satan. One third of God's children followed Satan. Strike two is right now. Don't swing and miss or you'll end up in hell. And strike three is a fastball coming hard. That is great white throne judgment. But leading up to great white throne judgment, you're sitting on the hell side. And you can see over. And some people still will hang on to their stubborn hearts. Well, clap your hands, you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Yeah, God's going to win this. There's no doubt about it. Like, it's, the evil eats itself up. Evil will just destroy itself. Just like we're destroying each other and annihilating planet Earth. Evil will destroy itself. For the Lord Most High is terrible. This means to be reverenced. He is a great king over all the earth. It's not terrible. That's a, you know, 16 some odd translation. Who cares? That means he needs to be reverenced. He is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. That's right. Because we're sitting on the heaven side. We want everybody to allow the Holy Spirit to subdue even the most stubborn heart. Let it go, man. It has a negative value. Any blames, regrets, spite. I'm seeing spite constantly. Lately. Greed. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? I think Jesus Christ went around saying that. Well, Judas did. Buying chunks of land with the money right out of the money bag there. Greed. Gluttony. What's in it for me? How do I benefit off this? How can I fake it in front of people so I can get something in return? What's what's coming back for me? Greed of investment portfolios that are getting rich at the expense of others. As long as I get my money. I was talking to a couple bankers not too long ago. Now it's just I just I just I'm never speechless. But I had to hold back cuz they said listen 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 Michael, we'll invest in anything as long as there's a return. We'll just hedge fund it whatever. They just put it they just hide the atrocities of human rights violations. Who cares? If money's coming in, money trumps human rights. Money trumps Mother Nature's rights. Yeah, where's my money? I have a loyalty to my clients. Well, guess what? If you're benefiting from that, that's on your account. And you're going to have to explain that to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's not going to give you any explanation. He's going to say this. Depart from me. You never got to know me. Depart from me. You're selfish. You're greedy. Look what you did to other people in your own human family. Just so you could have a new car and a couple extra bedrooms and all the excess Yeah, how do you like those luxuries now? They're dead. They're gone. Ask Pablo Escobar. He invested all his time into other people's misery, selling cocaine all over the world. Billions and billions of dollars. The guy couldn't even count his money. They still didn't even know how much money this guy made. He was like the richest guy on earth for a while. And where's all his stuff now? Where is he now? He's sitting in hell. He has nothing. Can't buy your way out. All his mansions are garbage. Mother Nature took them all back. 
verse 4. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. That's where you find your inheritance. And the children of Jacob, the twelve tribes of Israel, whomsoever will, that's why Jesus Christ was sent to the children of Israel. And then for whomsoever will, because it's our job. He gave us security and stability. If you are one of the people in Canada, United States, Europe, that can sit here and read a Bible at night, learn to shut your TV off and spread the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven around for people so they know how to claim it. The excellency of Jacob, whom he loved. God has gone up, Selah, thought link here. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Means you can't ignore it. God is there. The truth is there. The truth is always... When people try to smokescreen the truth, what happens? You know when someone's a liar. The truth always comes out. Like you know deep inside when someone's not telling the truth. And if liars and thieves were allowed in heaven, it'd be nothing more than a new hell. You have to repent. You have to understand that the truth is standing there. With the sound of a trumpet, the truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. The sound of the trumpet is this very word, the living word, our Lord Jesus Christ. The precious living word. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. Sing praises. You have to know what you're singing. You have to be biblically literate. Get a working knowledge of the Bible so you can communicate with your Father. You can't romanticize who you think God is. Like I was saying before, I get emails all the time. Oh, that's not the God that I know. The God I know would be down here and he'd be cleaning up this mess. They're like, why does God allow this to happen and that to happen? I'm saying, well, you think he's your personal genie? Do you think God is your, is your personal genie? Do you think he's, he's your uh, genie in a bottle, your personal butler? No, he won't violate the principles of free will. This is a very short time period and you're judged accordingly. For he is the king of all the earth, the king of kings, lord of lords, prince of peace. God is your father. He's the great governing body once we get through this and realize, hey, we can't govern ourselves. That's what Satan said. He says, oh, I'll make you guys, allow you guys to govern yourselves, but I'll be the God most high. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. That's what Satan thinks. He actually thinks he's going to win this. And he is going to win some souls. And God has to get rid of them because that's the saddest thing. That's mortifying to think some of our brothers and sisters won't make it. But by the time Great White Throne Judgment comes along after the Great Millennium Period, a great time of teaching, and they still want to hold on to things, the trademarks of evil, self-pride, entitlement, obscene entitlement, greeds, gluttonies, looking down at others, looking at others for personal gratification or what's in it for me, guess what? You can't bring those attitudes into the kingdom of heaven or it would be nothing more than a new hell. And we want to get on with the eternity. So by the time Great White Throne Judgment comes along, like, if you haven't made it over yet, like, later, man, like, you've exhausted us. We've tried so hard to teach you the Bible. We've tried so hard in the millennium period coming up. Like, it's a great time of teaching. And you still want to resist. That's the rod of iron. You beat yourself up with it. In the last Psalms, or last two Psalms ago, it says it's like a sword in your heart. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Jealousies and envies. You feel it. It shakes your heart. You can feel it right in your gut. It's like curdled milk. Wants. Always wanting. Having been restless instead of just making the best 
of what you have right now around you. Always looking like the fool, looking down the road, looking over the fence. Yeah, I deserve that. I deserve that. I deserve better. Instead of just looking around, I'm going to make the best of this situation and it will lead to better situations. That's God's plan. Not like the fool. Just, I deserve better. Oh, this is stupid. This is, I don't, you know what? That's blame. That's regret. That's entitlement. That's sniveling and complaining. God won't put up with it. Sing praises. For God is the king of the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Yeah, you don't just sit there with a hymn book and just go over and over those hymns and not even know what you're talking about. Like the hymn books written by man are useless. God gave us all these psalms. Songs. There's so many songs in the Bible that hymn books drive me, just drive me crazy with disappointment. Like seriously, sing with understanding. What a great line there. And now I lost my place. Okay, sing praises with understanding. Verse 8, God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. Yeah, guess what? Always remember Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. God's throne is in heaven. The earth is his footstool. His favorite city is Jerusalem. Soon it will be his Jerusalem, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. The etymology of the word Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem written of in the book of Revelation, means a completeness, a divine completeness, a place where people have come to an understanding of each other. There's no conflict, war. There's no chaos. There's no conflict. There's no division or disorder. He's a God of order. The princes of all the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham. Of course they are. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. Of course he is. He is your shield, your buckler. He is your rock, your only stability, your refuge. As this very psalm started off, or the psalm before, it's your refuge. Once you start getting a working knowledge of the Bible, then you get an understanding. He will unlock your restricted mind. You pray for that. You cleanse yourself. You submit with unquestioning obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. And He will unlock your mind and allow you wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and strength. And the Holy Spirit to saturate into your very being, right to your soul. I want to thank you very much for listening. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. Please contact me at companionchapel at gmail.com. Those emails mean so much to me. And if you can help me out here, that'd be the greatest thing. I do this full time. I do it for you because I love you. Because we're all part of the human family. Each and every one of us. And we have to come to terms with what is inside of us. So God can reconcile us through our Lord, our precious Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a great day and bye for now.